0: morning, Liberty.
1: Well, what is up, all of our beautiful Liberty lovers? You are once again tuning into a perfect, a flawless, a tremendous episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. It's big, it's huge, it's amazing. We actually interviewed some great guys today and I'm pretty it's, pumped to play that. In fact, I think it's the only Liberty podcast out there. It's the only Liberty podcast <laughs> that exists. The only one worth listening to. Yeah, That's yeah. perfect and flawless. So uh, how was your weekend, Charlie? I, I believe it's Monday, so we had you know, a
2: weekend. Look, I'm gonna tell you something. I feel a lot better from where I was last week. Good. Last week was a rough, rough recovery week. Yeah. I've never had surgery before, so I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I ended up getting a, an infection, a fungal infection, because I was gross. on such high doses of antibiotics that it apparently allows fungus to grow. That's real gross. And I felt absolutely terrible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I'm better now, which is good. And then all we did all weekend was organize.
1: Charlie had his ear rebuilt. And it's a better ear than it used to be. It's maybe a, the best ear that, <laughs> I there, don't know. that there possibly could be.
2: But I'm on my way to becoming Wolverine in the flesh. You were just talking in, about how in this the, in the titanium.
1: You're talking <laughs> about how this part in your head was hurting, and I was just imagining them with like a hammer and something, just like hammering <laughs> you know how you ever see them do like a knee surgery and they've got the thing and they're like hitting it with it? They probably did. I mean,
2: I was out. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm not even sure it's real, um, honestly.
1: Do you think they did anything? You think I don't they just know. put you out for a few hours? I don't even
2: know if my doctor was in there. I don't remember him <laughs> at all. That whole entire day. Yeah. Apparently the surgeon he he apparently did the surgery, but who who knows? It could have been some nurse that's not even certified
1: they've given you no guarantee that the surgery is going to work so honestly they might not have done anything no i just a bunch of money for nothing there's just an (laughs) anesthesiologist sitting there watching you for four hours i did meet that guy yeah yeah i met
2: doctor uh, i think his name was dr green
1: he did he did a good job yeah he said you didn't wake up during the surgery or anything and feel feel what they were doing
2: i don't remember a thing good good i That's, don't it literally the last thing i remember was just being rolled into the operating room and then i woke up at and i the first thing i saw was a clock behind the nurse's desk it was fifteen oh seven, three oh seven, 307 in military time
1: yeah, yeah yeah well speaking of military time we've got a great interview that we did earlier today that we're going to play with some yeah. military guys great and discussion they were at they were Uh, At Ground Zero of the Virginia Rally today. Yes. And we wanted to get some people, just get some information from people that were actually there on the ground, seeing what's going on, see how it felt out there. You know, just kind of see how dangerous it was. How many Uh, bullets
2: were flying just from these guns going off by themselves just you know
1: people out there chanting about the supremacy of the white race just all these, yeah yeah just all, all that kinds of good stuff that people were doing out there today um but you know to speaking of virginia i really hope nothing bad happens i, I really i really hope that nothing bad happens today i know a lot of people are expecting some some type of violence to happen but i think it's going to go okay to tell you the truth
2: i mean early reports i think there's been nothing nothing
1: at all <laughs> yeah. There's guy's walking around with freaking 50 cows on them and, yeah, and everything's fine i
2: saw this great picture of this apparently a gun range owner was bringing had his walking around with his 50 cow that had to be heavy
1: those those are Man. heavy yeah. i i got to hold one one time when we were when we were at a military base and Could you imagine uh,
2: carrying that around all day
1: they're heavy well, yeah. let me tell you what yeah, they're they're real you heavy. You need a couple shoulder straps. Yeah, I didn't yeah. I, I hope that guy I, I hope that guy worked out beforehand, but not like right beforehand where his arm's gonna wear out. He's like, Hey, can you hold this fifty cal for me for a minute? It's getting kind of heavy. And uh I, I don't know. I don't think that would be very safe. Have you I mean, have you heard I don't think the
2: like national media I mean nothing. I haven't seen anything.
1: No, no. Now I heard some negative things about the fact that this is Martin Luther King Day, by the way. And now you know no one's talking about that not not as many people are talking about that and i understand i understand some of the some of the ill feelings about that i also understand why they scheduled it today i mean everyone was off work so hey might as well have a rally on a day that everyone's off work yes uh we're you know the virginia governor's about to sign tyranny in the law and uh everyone's got the day off work today so might as well go over there and have a rally so uh, I hope everything goes off without a hitch no one gets hurt whatsoever I tweeted earlier to gun owners in America and people who are going to the Virginia rally specifically about how you know don't left don't let any violence insiders get you to do do something really stupid while you've got your gun on you you know that that's been something i've been worried about because antifa was talking about going to this protest and you know how antifa is you walk across the wrong street and they start beating you with a baseball bat so i was a little bit worried that there were going to be some antifa there that were that had their had their helmets or their masks on or whatever this stupid thing it is that they're wearing and i uh, would just start you know hitting people And then someone's going to pull their gun and do something stupid. So it wasn't really so much that I'm worried that gun owners need to be told to be safe and responsible. I'm just worried about someone, some hardcore leftists that are going to be there that are going to start some type of physical altercations and get someone on the ground like they tend to do and then then something bad happens. So hopefully that does not happen. I'm sure Antifa has realized that they are well outnumbered today, very, very much outnumbered. So, um, you know, what's going on there in, in Virginia, um, this whole idea that we can create these sanctuary counties, these places where your, your constitutional rights are going to be safe. It's really, to me, one of the biggest, it's one of the smartest and best ideas that we have. And it really shows, it really shows that we can take this into our own hands. We even started a Facebook group, Second Amendment Sanctuary. I started a, a tobacco sanctuary group. This idea of a county sanctuary for your, cons- your constitutional rights, I want to see it extended to everything that's unconstitutional. I, I would like the sheriffs to stand up and and say that anything that is against the constitution we will we will not enforce it will not comply yeah just not going to comply and then that i mean that could expand on to uh any number of things that the government's doing on a constant basis that's now, unconstitutional.
2: I do, I do worry because i think state law does usurp you know county and and local ordinances yeah yeah um so like if the state of virginia does pass some type of you know
1: well, that's the that's Gun the control. problem. They're saying they're not going to enforce it, but then you have the issue of state police coming in. Um, he can use the national guard; they will have authority over the uh, the county officers at that time. Right. So, so there obviously are some some big issues. I, however, I hope it doesn't come to that. It sends a message.
2: It does. That's what it does. It says, "Hey, uh, you know, our constituents, our people that we're responsible for protecting." You're breaking the law. And in fact, um, you know, this conversation that we got coming up, we talked with these guys. I asked them if, you know, is Virginia breaking their own constitution? Because Virginia has its own constitution. Yeah. And so I did. I looked it up And Article one, Section 13 of the Constitution of Virginia states militia standing armies, military subordinate to civil power. It says that a well-regulated militia composed of the body of the people trained to arms is the proper, natural and safe defense of a free state. Therefore, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, that standing armies in time of peace should be avoided as dangerous to liberty, and that in all cases, the military should be under strict subordination to and governed by the civil power.
1: How about that? How about that? That's pretty good. Now, you think that black
2: Virginia governor read that? You think he read this constitution? It said. His own constitution that he swore to uphold? I don't think he did. It said,
1: it said well-regulated, Charlie, so that means that there has to be any number of regulations on the ownership no, of guns, no. right? In
2: fact, it even says, therefore, the right of the people, the, the people, and the militia should be composed of the body of the people. Yeah. That means Virginianers...
1: Virginians, <laughs> that's good. That means all the people in in Virginia. Uh, so, uh, one thing I talked about in a TikTok video earlier, guys, we're on TikTok at Good Morning Liberty. <laughs> Tell your kids we're we're on there. <laughs> so, uh, I talked about what a great platform. It's pretty. I mean. That Gary Vee is right. The organic reach on TikTok is insane. Yeah, it's just insane. It must be well regulated. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> this whole idea of the well regulated. Now I remember listening to Chris Ann Hall talk about this a while back, and uh, great. Great person. If you ever want to listen to a very, very strict constitutional podcast, go listen to Chris Ann Hall. She is a
2: constitutional Um, attorney.
1: Yeah. So So. she she goes around giving great talks. Uh, You know, she she knows everything there is to know about the Constitution.
2: Does she have what's called? Is it Liberty University? I think.
1: I I don't think she owns Liberty University or, or anything, but I don't know. She might. No, she has
2: like her own like oh, online. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, she goes around. Be. She goes around teaching the Constitution. to, yeah. You know, different state governments and uh, local sheriff's offices and different counties and stuff. She teaches you. Exactly what the Constitution means, what the founders were trying to say. She goes back to the Federalist and Anti-Federalist Papers, the different letters, the things that you would use to interpret what the founders would mean when they say a well-regulated militia. And, and Now, what, how
1: in the world do we even know what those words mean? Well, you can actually look in the writings of the founders. What? Yeah. And actually, you could use, you could use common sense logic and deductive reasoning to ask yourself, would these people who had just fought a war against a tyrannical government and were trying to install a system where the people would have their individual liberty, had put in there that, it had, that this very much so had to be regulated by the government. Would they have put that in there?
2: Uh-uh. No, no. You no, know, I learned from your mom, actually, a long time ago, back in, I think, seventh grade, which I would have been mm, 12, yeah. 11, 12 years old, I learned something called context clues. When you're trying to figure out what words mean or what a sentence means or anything like that, you can take the context of everything else and you can use those context clues to interpret what the word or a phrase or a set, you know, certain things could actually mean. Yeah. And what's strange is you can go back to the founders, other writings that specifically deal with these exact same words and they'll, they tell you,
1: The problem is that they just tell you exactly what they were meaning. The problem is that words have different meanings depending on the context. That's the idea. Imagine that. And even on top of that, when you're talking about someone who's writing something in the 1700s versus how we use words today, they can be very, very different. And what they meant when they said well-regulated was that the people of the militia, which was the whole body of people, was that they needed to be well trained by themselves? They needed to be well practiced. As I said on TikTok, they needed to be good at using their guns. That's that's what it meant. Shooting. And so, what they were saying was that our militia, which is all of the people, the non-public officers, as George Mason said, everyone everyone was militia except for the public officers. What they meant was that they needed to be good at shooting. That's what they meant right there. When it even they even says that. In the
2: Virginia conference constitution trained to arms. Yeah. The body of the people trained to arms.
1: It's, you know, over time words,
2: it doesn't say you need a certificate from the government. No,
1: it did not. They did not put in place a, 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 uh-uh. a legal fee for being able to own a gun when no. they were writing that, you know, words change meaning over time. It, simply. If you're a, a, a liberal by by this right, all you'd have to do is decide to have the dictionary, you know, change the meaning of arms to not mean anything about weaponry whatsoever. It's just talking about your arms, your physical arms, you know. Your guns. You have a right to have arms. You know, everyone, every single one of us is born with the right to have arms. And that's that's the truth. You got know two tickets to you, the gun show. You can't, you can't take that away. Hey,
2: I don't so, know if you heard me counting when you got here today, but I did over a thousand yeah bicep curls you know monday's martin luther king day's
1: biceps monday arms and back yeah Yeah. So all the liberals would need to do is change the meaning of the word arms. And then they could say, well, it doesn't say anything about guns in the constitution. It says you have the right to bear arms. I'm not trying to cut your arms off or anything. You got to train those arms, man. Get the gym gym and train those things. And then we'd be like, uh, that's ridiculous. When they said arms, they clearly meant weapons. That's exactly what they meant. And they'd be like, well, that's not what arms means today. That's, that's not what we call it. You know? So the, it's it's you can change the meaning of words as as so
2: what you're meaning though is it would be ridiculous to think that they would say a well-regulated militia had to be a militia regulated by the government
1: yeah yeah it's
2: it's insane to think that they would mean that with those words because if they if we try to change obviously arms it was ridiculous that they would mean you know your physical arms and not
1: (laughs) you know weapon weaponry exactly 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 yeah just using common sense that's all i'm saying just common sense uh look at these guys and what they were doing do you think they were installing the idea that only the government could tell you whether or not you could have guns that's a pretty simple question do you think that's what they were doing do you think that's it no nope that's not what they were doing Uh -uh. no it's not
2: i think you got some quotes don't you
1: i got some quotes i have a quote from from uh from george mason real quick uh so we were talking about the militia so some people think that that means you have to be like the member of a militia right Well, you're not an official member some people say it's the national guard is the militia so that, that's not what it, what it was at all. This is from George Mason. I, I believe his name is on the document. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's on there. He said, I ask, who are the militia? They consist now of the whole people, except a few public officers. Okay, so the militia is everyone. We are the militia. There, there you go. There's your T-shirt slogan right there. We are the militia. I'm sure someone else has already done that, but if not, I'm going to write it down, and maybe we'll put a T-shirt up sometime that says that.
2: He yeah, actually, sorry. he He's the one who actually refused to sign the Constitution. He didn't like it, huh? No. no. He did not believe the Constitution established a wise and just government. So, no. But he was one of only three delegates present in the final days of the convention who didn't sign
1: the document. Well, I, you know, on some senses, uh, maybe... Maybe he he
2: probably didn't think that it went far enough to rein in the power of the federal government. In fact, if you go read some of his writings, that's exactly what he what he said.
1: Now that uh, he is a founder, no, that's an, he was a delegate. That's an argument. You know, when we talk about the Constitution, obviously. I would love to get back to a world where we just live on a strictly constitutional basis. I think that's a great target to aim for. And then if we want to be more libertarian than that or more anarchist than that or whatever, then let's fight for that afterwards. But good Lord, let's at least get back to the Constitution. That that would be great. But a lot of libertarians have made the argument that the Constitution was not a good document because the Constitution allowed for this to happen. It wasn't When, strict when enough. they formed that government and they formed that Constitution, it allowed for what we have right now, te- technically. Mm-hmm. So, it, because we're here, so it very much technically allowed for it to happen. Now, so,
2: ironically, George Mason was a delegate to the Richmond Convention. Isn't that
1: weird? Isn't that ironic? <laughs> mm. um, isn't that full of iron? It's very, very much full of iron, that's for sure. You know, I was thinking earlier about uh, this, when we were talking to these guys, and you guys are here in in our interview we did, here coming up in just a few minutes. They were talking about how we need to have guns. Now, obviously, the idea that we have the right to have guns... That is to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government, right? I don't think it's to hunt. I, I, nope. I don't think it's to hunt whatsoever. It was so we could stop a tyrannical government from controlling our lives. That, that was the idea. That was the world that they were living in and had just come out of a war, obviously.
2: So... Uh, well, but I, think about the history, too, of, of tyrannical kings, right? Yeah, you know you could mow over peasants because they didn't have anything to protect themselves with
1: yeah they all the weaponry was with the the kings the mm-hmm. king's army the king's men the idea you know i i get confused on the logic of the left when it comes to this actually get confused on the logic of the left when it comes to everything, but especially when it comes to this, you would think that people living under the tyrannical Donald Trump as their president and his government and his regime controlling them, that they'd be the first people online to want to have guns and be able to protect themselves against the tyrannical government. If you're on the left, and you feel the way that you feel about how terrible Donald Trump is, that's exactly why the Second Amendment exists. Don't you want to protect yourself from his crazy decrees? it's It's so if someone terrible, and I'm not saying Trump is terrible. I'm speaking from where they feel it's so if someone terrible gets in the office gets in the power and our government our government becomes corrupt and you completely disagree with the person who's in power it's so you still hold the power over your life at that time so that government cannot just completely run roughshod over over you and your liberties that was the idea of the second amendment so it's so crazy to me that we live in this time where leftists literally will call Trump Hitler and also think that we shouldn't have any guns and only the government should have guns.
2: And also think, yeah, the Jews should have given up their guns. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> it's like the German people were arguing that they should give up their guns. You know, if, if you're thinking along the lines yeah. that Trump is Hitler. So it's just a crazy, crazy backwards logic to me. It's like they... On one hand they completely understand and are living in the environment that is the whole basis for why the Second Amendment exists. And it's because you don't trust your government, it's because you don't want them to become tyrannical and control your life, yet they still think that only the government should have the use of of any type of weaponry against the people. How do you get to that point in your mind, do you think? because the left
2: doesn't care about ideological consistency.
1: Yeah. There is no consistency.
2: Their their logic doesn't have to make sense. They just take a stance.
1: Well, it's like only wanting the police officers and I'm not I'm not hating on police. We never do on this show. It's like only wanting the police officers to have guns while also protesting about police brutality. You know, it, it's it doesn't make any sense. Like they want the government to be the only people with power, yet they hate the enforcement arm of the government. It just
2: makes no sense. It's incomprehensible, honestly, <laughs> which is a big
1: word for this Tennessee boy. It's incomprehensible. <laughs> it just it just don't make no sense. It Don't man. No, no. To put it in simple terms. I don't that dog don't hunt (laughs) that bone (laughs) don't float charlie it just don't these colors don't run (laughs) <laughs> okay, I want to ask you a question real quick before we uh, we play these uh, play these guys interview. R- real real cool dudes. Very happy to be able to talk to them today. Both, Longtime listeners of the show. Yeah, both, but really cool to have them on. Both military members served overseas. So we talked a little bit about the Second Amendment. We talked some foreign policy. We talked some some libertarian inside baseball for a little bit. And uh, you know, it was it was a really good conversation. But I wanted to ask you. Does the Constitution give you rights? Mm, What is no? No, no. So you're saying the Constitution does not give you the right to do anything. No, it doesn't give any rights. No, it doesn't. So this entire conversation we've just had about how we have the right under the Constitution, to bear arms, while it makes a lot of sense and, and that's the reasoning for it to exist, we don't have the right to have weapons because the Second Amendment exists. We have the right to have weapons because we're human beings. That's and your no, natural right. And no one else can tell us that we can't defend ourselves. Be it because God gave them to you or simply because you're human. Yeah. Just because you have you're the human. right.
2: You have the right to life. And and that's
1: that's the important thing to realize here is that even if they canceled the Second Amendment tomorrow, that does not mean that you no longer have the right to defend yourself. That means that the U.S. government is no longer going to protect that right for you. You know, but you, you still have the right.
2: You realize the Bill of Rights are the first 10 amendments to yeah. the Constitution, by the way.
1: Some people think they, they're separate from the Constitution. but well, the,
2: well, they were ratified at the same time. But look, they are, they're amendments for a reason. It's because originally the founders didn't have it in the Constitution. And it was argued by Thomas Jefferson and George Mason and, and, and Alexander Hamilton and the guys. And they said, look, we have not constricted the Constitution enough to where the federal government could not overreach. We need to make sure that we unequivocally put in language for in the bill of that con, that con, uh, consists of the Bill of Rights that amend this Constitution to make sure we restrict federal power from usurping the rights of the people. And that's exactly what they did yeah. in, in the Ten Amendments. They are amendments to the constitution and they they specifically direct the federal government not to usurp their power over the population
1: and they were or the states and they were a list they were your your natural rights because you're a human they were not given to you by the government I mean, through half, these guys ratifying those amendments
2: half the people in the constitutional convention were like oh the, we, there's this isn't necessary
1: yeah course, I, the
2: federal government would never try to do any of these things yeah and here we see your first second fourth fifth tenth eighth tenth all these amendments being violated you've got sixth you know, and seventh you got the civil uh, uh civil asset forfeiture which uh you know doesn't protect against your right against uh, unreasonable searches and seizures. Right. Um, you've got the, the, the spying on American citizens, collecting data, which also is the same thing. You've got unreasonable punishment. I mean, I saw this kid got 15 years in jail because he had an unknowing to himself He had unwittingly had his cell phone in his jail cell because when they searched him and they changed him, they didn't take his phone from him. (laughs) And so he didn't know like it wasn't he wasn't allowed to have his phone because they didn't take it from him. And then they gave him 15 years.
1: Like, is that not an unreasonable punishment? I'm pretty sure if people in prison were allowed to have phones, everyone there would be completely fine and wouldn't even want to leave. <laughs> but I, don't, I don't
2: think. <laughs> I, well, I, I get it. But at the same time, like, OK, maybe punish him a little bit because, like, he should have known that you can't have a phone in jail. Yeah. However, they didn't take it from him. So it's like, well, I guess I can. Yeah, I'm going to use my phone. Post on Facebook today.
1: We've had the federal government usurping state authority, which is which is strictly unconstitutional. I've been forced to quarter soldiers several times. The-, <laughs> the Third Amendment has been violated
2: <laughs> for you several times. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, like, look at the federal government getting involved in healthcare. It's one thing we talk a lot about. It's you know the Tenth Amendment. It says anything not delegated, specifically not delegated to the federal government, is left to the states and to the people. And the federal government hasn't done that at all. They haven't left anything to the states and to the people. They try to usurp their ultimate authority. In fact, we were taught in our government education that the federal government reigns supreme. That is federal, state, and then local. And that's not true whatsoever. It was local, state, and federal. Local, state, federal. Mainly state. Mainly state. Your your state is your probably most powerful. State, local, federal. But still, you know, it's not the the federal government doesn't reign supreme. We are 50 unique individual sovereign countries that banded together to form a, a union to where we would have more uh let's say political power and clout in in the foreign world it was so to we protect could, ourselves so we
1: could form a military and, the, 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 and yeah. protect ourselves. Right. So instead of us being 50 really really small countries roughly the the size of, you know, a bunch of Denmark's all through there, we wanted to be negotiating as one nation all the time and and that was that was the whole idea and it's it's completely backwards now and like charlie said we're taught in our school which the the right to control your schooling was not It was not listed out in the Constitution as a right of the federal government either. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it was in there. No, I don't think it said that they would be able to tell all of the states exactly what had to happen with schooling. And actually, they would take money from from you and then and then spread it back out amongst the states. I don't think they I don't think it was in there. Originally,
2: George Washington wasn't like, look. Somewhere around 1970, we need to create the Department of Education because that's what I see in the vision.
1: Yeah, that's for that, America. That was no, clearly
2: their vision. But never in their wildest tyrannical dreams, <laughs> you know, because nobody's perfect. But even, you know, if you see yourself as king, you know, Alexander, Alexander Hamilton, who's considered the, the big government guy of the time, never in his wildest kingly tyrannical dreams would he ever think that a Department of Education at the federal level would ever be something the United States would do. It's just completely asinine and antithetical to what the founders believed.
1: Let's, just to say like why we care about this, because a lot of people, they don't care about what the founders wanted. I mean, come on, that was 260 years ago or whatever it was, you know, the, however long ago it was. It, it, who cares? I don't care what those guys have to say. I don't care what's, what's in that constitution. You have to go back to the idea, the idea of America. And, and it really is just this. It's, it's that the individual is sovereign, that you own yourself, that you are a sovereign individual who can make your own decisions as long as you're not hurting people and not taking their stuff, that you should be free to live your life. And you have to go through every law that you ever consider, through every regulation that you ever consider, you have to ask yourself, does this violate the principle of self-ownership? If someone owns themselves, then can I impose this law or regulation on them? And most of the time, the the answer is just simply no. Just, that's what the, just no.
2: That's what the whole premise of the Declaration of Independence was about. Yeah, you know that we hold these truths to be self-evident. Yeah, that all men are created equal, <coughs> which which technically means all people. Yeah, and this goes for you know
1: foreigners. Like it's, it's human beings are created equal. That's, that's always one thing that I, you know, people say that uh, certain people don't have constitutional rights. Like they don't have the right to do that because they're not an American citizen. And even especially conservatives will say this, and this is where they get flip-flopped again. And and people on the left are like, oh, oh, they have those rights because the, the, they're human beings. They have, what do you mean? Yeah. And then the flip-flops and conservatives are like, they don't have those rights because they're not a citizen that's not what the constitution says Not the declaration of independence was meaning the, it says that human beings have these rights and we will protect those rights that you already have so let's go to this uh this i think we've got some people in right now i think got some people calling in are you are you getting something there charlie
2: uh yeah and i want to say that i'm you know thankful so far we haven't heard any news that anything bad has happened out yeah. of virginia um you know for all the reports that we're getting from people on the ground have been good oh what's that oh i'm I'm getting something nate something's coming in i think we've got connor connor are you on the phone there are you live right now in virginia
1: i am awesome we've got connor and and uh and ian uh, also there ian can you hear us yeah all right cool cool well we've got these guys here these uh i believe we met on instagram some listeners of the podcast or at least followers of ours on Instagram and they long time. long time listener. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Um, they have been at the rally in Virginia, which you said you guys just left. Apparently there's just too many people there, huh?
3: Yeah, it got, it got pretty crowded. We couldn't uh, really hear any of the speakers. So we decided to kind of call quick, come back got a business to run.
1: All right. Who how, many, how many people
2: would you estimate being there?
3: Uh, I mean, at thousands, I couldn't really, count being in the mob, but uh, for for about a block or two around, it was just packed, barely walked.
1: There were a lot yeah, of- people.
0: no, for sure. I know the estimates were uh, tens of thousands of people, and I would definitely not second guess that. I think yeah. there's definitely tens of thousands there.
1: Now, did you see, were there a lot of people carrying guns there, or is that completely banned oh, yeah. in the whole area, or just a lot of guns around?
3: No, so on the Capitol grounds itself, uh, they were doing pat-downs, and you couldn't go in if you were armed but outside on the streets i mean damn near every other guy was uh you know carrying an ar and ak or a sidearm
1: and no you one no one got <laughs> shot while you were there
3: <laughs> no no so you're Honestly,
1: saying the I'm guns didn't say. fire themselves
3: <laughs> no the guns weren't shooting people by themselves
2: okay. wow okay that's good news
1: <laughs> yeah. okay cool cool so you know did did it feel did it feel Dangerous? What was it? Contentious? While you were there, were there any like anti or counter protesters there, or is it all pretty much pro Second Amendment people?
3: It was pretty much pro two A guys. We didn't see uh, any opposition there at all, and it was really a lighthearted mood. Everybody was happy, just kind of chit chatting, uh, you know, cracking jokes. Uh there's this one uh, African American gentleman with a giant Trump flag, and he said he was uh, a racist white supremacist. Obviously, making a joke. <laughs>
1: So that was pretty funny nice um That's it's awesome so just a little bit of background on you guys at um ian i'm sorry i don't know much about you connor i know you said that you were in uh you were in the military just give us a quick background on uh you know why are there in virginia and and just tell us a little bit about yourselves
3: uh yeah so Ian and i grew up together we've been a uh, long time friends. he lives down here in richmond I actually live up in baltimore now um we we're both in the reserves now. Uh, I was active duty for a while. He's been reserved the whole time. Um, past that, though, we run our own business uh, down here out of Richmond doing digital marketing. And uh, we've kind of just always been liberty-loving dudes. Uh, Ian was with Yao in... uh Americans for Liberty, yeah. Yeah, at Virginia Tech. Uh, I was not, unfortunately, there wasn't a chapter in my school. But uh, yeah, past that, just kind of wanted to get out there, get our voice heard and be a part of it.
1: Now are you yeah, both, what, what would be your, I'm sorry Ian, uh, go ahead with your background too, my bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, so in college I was with Young Americans for Liberty at Virginia Tech and I actually helped out on the state level uh, back in 2013, 2014. Um, so they have a pretty, pretty great community down there in Southwest Virginia, liberty loving people. But what I was gonna say is uh, one thing about the crowd that was out there today. Uh, was you, like Connor said, it's very lighthearted. Uh, you know, people weren't like shouting threats or anything. People were generally in a good mood. But at the same time, people are are wearing shirts that have signs that are very blunt and straightforward. So yeah. like one guy, uh, you know, you had signs that were basically said out, you know, take it from my cold dead hands. You had another one with a sign, more patriots than you have handcuffs. You know, like this was a very, very direct, message to the Virginia state government, uh, you know, not calling for violence directly right in that moment, but basically saying, hey, if you pass this law, if you try to ever confiscate firearms, or if you infringe on the second amendment, you're inviting violence.
2: Yeah. And that's awesome. And, you know, we've talked about on the show and I've, you know, made it known that I've got a clear line drawn in not sand, but concrete that... (laughs) If if it comes to taking my guns, then I'm going to go down swinging because the next thing, whether it's 10 years or 50 years or 100 years from now, once guns are gone, the next thing up is prison camps. And I'd much rather, <laughs> yeah. you know, die from a bullet than a prison camp.
1: Yeah. I mean, or, the, or my son.
2: I don't want my son to go to prison. Camps.
1: Gun confiscation always precedes tyranny. And uh, it might not even be the people that are in office right now. Like Charlie said, it could be 100 years from now. But obviously, yeah. the founders put in place a system. You know, they really believed in individual liberty. While they had their faults, obviously, the the whole idea was individual liberty. And obviously, uh, I mean, uh, the idea of the Second Amendment uh, is not about hunting it's about being able to defend yourself it's about being able to defend yourself from your tyrannical government so it never be- becomes exactly. tyrannical and and that's the true meaning of why we should all have the right why we do all have the right to uh, to to keep and bear arms um now uh, one thing i was going to ask about was did, did you guys carry today
0: uh, so
3: we chose not to because we weren't sure if we were going to go actually into the state grounds or not. We were going to try to get in there and lobby, but unfortunately, we uh, we didn't uh, get there early enough. There were a ton right. of people
0: trying to get in line there, so we were not armed. Yeah. The governor's state emergency made it illegal to uh, carry firearms on the ground. Within the, the Capitol grounds, Yeah, uh, and with, where they were trying to get people in there to lobby.
2: Now, um, I need to look this up, but do you does that violate the Virginia state constitution?
0: I don't know that for sure. I know there's a lot of uh, controversy around it right now. I know yeah, he was. I know this,
1: he was challenged in court over it, but I believe they upheld it. Yeah, the
2: Virginia State yeah. Supreme Court upheld it, but I think yeah. they're going to take it further. Yeah, than that.
1: I hope so. Yeah, because yeah, they said that every year
3: they do this this lobby, the Virginia Citizen Defense League, uh, the ones that put it on and organized it, and every year prior, before it got all this attention because of the new bill going through, you know, they've been armed on the Capitol grounds. It's never been an issue at all. Um, so he just kind of whipped out that state of emergency because I don't really know why.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say real quick, I remember the the, Ian, you mentioned young Americans for Liberty. Just, I, I cannot praise young Americans for Liberty enough. That is one of our favorite organizations around the country. We, we love everything that they're doing. And, uh, from knowing the, the people who run it, I can say, you know, if there's some libertarians listening I know that they push a lot of Republican candidates but their right. number one principle is liberty and they care about actually getting people who hold liberty as their their primary political value they 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 care about getting people elected regardless of what letter is next to their name and that's that's what we love about them because while we're not we're not partisan politicians here that extends also to the Libertarian Party we we don't only want the libertarian party while we right. we want them to succeed but if there's someone who has the exact same values that has an r next to their name that i'm Perfectly fine with that. You should not care what the letter next to their name is. So, I can
2: think of several of them.
1: Yeah, I can think of quite a few people who are pretty darn libertarian that, that that are called Republicans. And and that's one reason I love young Americans for Liberty is that they're they're very objective about that. They're they're very upfront and honest about wanting to win the elections. And and uh thank you, man, for doing for doing work with Yale. We uh we support them and uh we're we're actually going to speak to Vanderbilt's Yal chapter uh, oh, wow. the, the second week of February, yeah. they they asked us to come talk to the talk at their meetings. So, yeah, and they
2: get people elected who stand up for your second amendment rights. Like, um, like the late, the state representative in Kentucky who got constitutional carry passed, which was surprising that it took that long, um, yeah. to get it passed into, and in Kentucky. And I believe we have a measure yep. for that coming up in Tennessee, uh, as well that they're working on. So. Uh, lots of great things that that organization does and uh ian cool that you got to work with them at virginia tech and you know you, there, you can always still get involved um anybody yep. that supports sec second amendment rights or liberty in general get involved with young americans for Li- liberty at dot y- A- org.
1: yeah and now you guys uh, since i don't know you guys that well like i said we connor and i met on instagram but um what are your political leanings. Are you guys like Republican? Libertarian box them in. Does it I mean just did you come did you come to the rally as like are you are you conservative Republicans? Are you libertarians? Do you not want to carry any type of political name whatsoever? I'm just interested in people that listen to the podcast, what their actual political affiliation might be.
3: Yeah, no. So I I describe myself as an independent but uh definitely libertarian in my views until as a party, you know, they change something that I don't agree with.
0: Yeah. Libertarian with a small L, Yeah, they say. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's there old, we go. <laughs> you get what it means though, right? You don't, uh, not necessarily aligned with the Libertarian party perfectly always. Um, uh, I think, you know, I think that a lot of, of our goals can be achieved these days, most often through the Republican party, much more often than the Democrat party. But like you said, it's more about the ideas and the principles yeah. than it is about a party
1: yeah i mean and that's that's hopefully i hope that's something that big l libertarians will even get behind because we talk about the right. two party system i mean a three party system is not obviously better if you only <laughs> if you only care about your your party i mean we we should all really just be caring about liberty i am a big l libertarian technically i've got my membership card and i have considered cutting it up live on the podcast several times <laughs> um <laughs> just just because some of the people who run that party drive me completely insane but,
0: how do you feel about uh this upcoming election season with big I i haven't been really uh, following the libertarian party
1: you know one thing that drives me nuts about them is the is uh <clears throat> what am i gonna that vermin supreme guy yeah, right i mean I understand from the Libertarian Party perspective, they're not going to set out rules and stop people from running and stop people from being able to be on the ballot and all that. And I I get that freedom aspect of it. But surely they have to recognize how terrible that guy makes the Libertarian Party look. I, 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 I can't. I, I can't understand why so many libertarians think that this is a good idea. I, I don't get that part at all. In, in my estimation,
2: <laughs> if they're going to nominate somebody like Bill Weld again, then, yeah. then, then uh, which I think he's running Republican now. to, to running the primary. In the yeah. primary, yeah, to try to beat out Trump, which will never happen. But, um, you know, somebody like that, then I, I can't get behind a candidate like that. You know, I, I think Bill Weld I'm, is worse off Not for for liberty, great. you know. You can make an argument that Gary Johnson would have been okay, but still, I mean, he was terrible on several things like the bake the cake and all of that um right. things that I completely disagreed with that I just couldn't believe you had a guy like, you know, Austin Peterson and some other like really forward liberty candidates um that would have been much better for the nomination and that that was my argument to some libertarian guys that were saying uh, you know, they were Uh, chastising thomas massey and and Rand paul for supporting trump in this impeachment proceedings and it's like saying that they were no longer defenders of liberty i'm like are you kidding me like you as a party nominated gary johnson and bill wed bill weld you have no leg to stand on
1: yeah that's the problem when you break your principles you can't you can't make an argument after you break your principles like that. And you think and,
2: Gary Johnson and Bill Weld's better than Rand Paul and Thomas Massey? Like, get out of here!
1: I love it. What do you guys think about? What do you guys think about Rand Paul? Obviously, we're we're fans of him. We drove up in 2016 to to his uh, to his speech in in Iowa, mainly because Ron Paul was speaking at it. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, what what do you guys think about Rand?
3: I definitely think he's more solid than most out there. I mean. I got pulled into the libertarian you know, movement because of his dad, because of Ron Paul. So I kind of see Rand as like a Ron Paul white, uh, the more modern, you know, kind of palatable for the way politics are right now. But uh, definitely yeah, I definitely like
0: him. Yeah, I'm a big, uh, I'm definitely a big Rand Paul fan. I would, I would have loved to have seen him do better. Yeah. Um, I think everyone was expecting him to do better in 2016 uh, because they're expecting him to ride, you know, the, the Ron Paul waves. What people didn't realize was that, it wasn't a Liberty moment like we thought it was, which is sad to say it was just an anti-establishment moment. That's, yeah. that's um, the so,
1: sad part about yeah. the Ron Paul. I assume you're talking about the Ron Paul movement and, and what I unfortunately <laughs> realized, uh, like you guys was that a lot of the Ron Paul movement was an anti bailout movement. And, yeah. and that's what it really, a lot of Ron Paul's support was still hatred for the 1% movement. and, and that was really sad to me to see that because you've seen so many Ron Paul guys switch over to being Bernie Sanders guys now because he's the only yeah. one you know. I guess that that fits their ideology, and and that just means they they never understood what Ron Paul was talking about. Well, and,
2: I also think the, Rand uh, made a. I think Rand made a big mistake in in the fact that he wasn't as let's say hardcore as his dad was. Yeah, you know he wasn't the he wasn't the guy saying you know, if you ask Rand Paul, if heroin should be legal, he would be like, no, you know, he would kind of try to toe the line. Whereas Ron Paul, you know, in the debates was like, well, yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, well, how many people are going to use heroin just because it's legal? Like, you know, he took a hard stance and, and when it, and I was going to ask you guys about foreign policy coming up here, but he took a hard stance on foreign policy and, and, you know, saying, Hey, this is what blowback means. This is what the CIA said back in the fifties. It's happening right now. Like it's time to bring the troops home. And he was no, he wasn't wishwashy about it. And I think Rand Paul sometimes is a little bit, um, let's say wishwashy about some of the hard stances. I think Dave Smith, you know, on his podcast, part of the problem, said uh, said something good about the libertarian party like people want to believe in something they want you to stand for something And i think ron paul being you know basically uh not willing to go back or not willing to uh compromise let's say i think that made him really stand out whereas uh, Ron paul maybe not so much even with the libertarian people even though i still really support him i think what he's doing right. is is a really good job but but uh, no, I want to thank you both for your service. And I was going to ask you what, what you know, uh, obviously with guns and Second Amendment, what's y'all stance on uh, foreign policy? And what do you see happening in, you know, in the Middle East? And maybe you guys have some more, you know, intel than we do. And what what, what do you think we should do? And, and uh, what do you think Trump's doing? And is he doing a good job?
1: And by the way, I was going to say, I talked to Connor and he was actually at one of the bases that my band played at when we were in Kuwait. So wow. he, he yeah. wasn't there at the same time. I think he was there about a year uh, year or two afterwards. But, That's good. Uh, you
2: didn't want to see him anyway.
1: We talked back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we sucked. Um, <laughs> it was, we talked back and forth about just how freaking hot. I think we should be anti-war just on the basis that it's too damn hot there. <laughs> it's too I mean, hot. It's too hot. <laughs> for sure. No, sorry. Go ahead and uh, answer Charlie's question, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, good.
3: No, Ian was actually uh, with me over there as well. We deployed together. so that, Okay, yeah, that was okay.
1: Definitely. Um,
3: so obviously these are our personal views, not, you know, professional as military members. Um, these are only our personal views. But I mean, what I think is I would like to see a lot more of a defined end state and an overall strategy that supports that end state. So if you've if you've read uh, Mattis' book, it kind of goes over the decision making that's been done in the past 20 years and seems like there was a lot of uh, ambiguity at certain times. And you know, whose fault that is, not sure. But personally I would just like to see more defined end state. Yeah, you're just uh, like what
2: like what the hell are we doing? I mean, is that how you guys feel? Like what like what are we doing?
3: Uh, it can it can feel like that sometimes. It maybe that's just communication issues up and down the chain of command. Um, you know, it can vary to a point. But
0: yeah. So, yeah, for me, I think that back in twenty twelve, uh, you know, during the the Ron Paul election, I was a lot more hardcore, just completely anti-interventionist. We shouldn't be doing anything at all. And I still lean that way a lot. My foreign policy probably aligns more with like Rand Paul now than Ron Paul back then. And I say that because this stuff ends up being so complicated when you get into it. Yeah, um, you know, it's not as simple as just painting a narrative of every bad thing that's going on right now is because we were involved in it at some point. I mean, yes, that can play a role. There is blowback. You know, I, I know all about, um, you know, I, I can't remember the author's name, but I've read like all three of his books talking about blowback from right. CIA operations over the past few decades. But all that said, this stuff is complicated. If you love Liberty, you have to realize that there are threats from outside of this country, just like there are very serious threats from inside this country. Uh, you know, as bad as the U S government is, and it, and it is bad we need to hold them accountable and keep our rights it's still one of the best countries on earth for human rights yeah, uh, yeah. And, and the freedoms that we hold dear you know
2: yeah there's um, definitely the, sorry yeah, Ian, the, there's definitely no doubt about that still the best yeah, country
0: yeah, I, yeah and the countries that we're often at odds with have oh my God, no yeah. freedoms right and if it were up to them they would take those away from us right now now then the question is just okay well how do we best protect ourselves how do we best uh improve the world around us without trying to be the world police and everything so i think i think people try to make it black and white it really is not though and sometimes you don't have a good answer you just have the lesser of a bunch of bad answers
1: i think the the problem we have now is that now it's not black and white which we said this on the podcast a little bit ago but Listen, if we just pulled all the troops home and we all came back, we've got generations of people that are going to hate us and want to do harm to us. So yeah. so it's not going to be uh, an immediate win where everything's going to be peaceful afterwards because it's almost too late for that ideology. You know, if we had a time machine and we could go back to 1953 and not overthrow Iran's government at that time and maybe not get involved in everything over the last 50, 60 years, then I would do that. But now we have to actually live within the actual re- reality that we're in. And and like what, what you guys said, Having an actual end goal, an actual end state that we're adding towards, that is the biggest problem I've seen is that I do not see what winning looks like over there. I don't see what, you know, at what point do you say we've achieved the goal and now it's time for us to leave? That really hasn't been shown. uh, And what I would like to see is for them to fight the war. And obviously, I'm, I'm not in the military, so this is some uh some backseat driving here but i i would like to see them fight the war like we used to fight wars which was to actually win the war and end the conflict and and rain so much hate down on people that there was no way anyone was going to cross us because they would know better and i don't see us doing that anymore. I see like these little, these little strategic okay. movements that just piss people off every couple of years and, and just keep it going obviously for 20 years. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I think we can see that that obviously is not, I don't see that it's working.
0: Right. And, and, you know, I think that's a really good argument. The problem with old school warfare, like world war two style warfare, where you just rain down blanketly, is you do catch a lot of civilians and non-combatants in that, right. in that fire. Right. And so the whole, the whole point of, um, what do you call it? Um, anti coin counter coin, yeah, uh, counterinsurgency, counter-insurgency warfare. warfare, that doctrine and some many argue that it's failed doctrine at this point. But the whole point of it is that we're trying to win the populace over now. Some will say, well, blanketed Japan, we blanketed Germany, and now they're our allies. Like we killed plenty of civilians. Yeah. In both of those places, so now they're our allies. It's just you see where it's a, a ton of shades of gray because no one wants to kill innocents, but also no one wants to be muddled in this uh insurgency warfare for decades on end. Right? Well and that's and that's a big part of it too is that it's a different fight. It's not conventional force on force.
3: You know, it's not like if we were to go to war with Russia and we're fighting the Russian army, a uniformed force, we're fighting these insurgents that are part of the population in many times. And even if they are foreign fighters, they can blend in with the population just as easily as you know you or I could walking down main street here. So it brings another element to it. That's very hard to define how you're going to go about it. Um, so it, I do feel like it's a lot different than it used to be. It is, um, and that's that's a big. I
1: have defined It's a big difference with declaring war. You know, when you declare war, right, It's population against population at the at that time. The, the and the actual wordage of of declaring war. I'm at war with that country too, even though I'm not in the military. I'm and and it's the same thing for the civilians in the other countries. Whereas we're we're not really doing that. We're not really doing that anymore and obviously i don't want to see a bunch of innocent civilians killed um it's just the the plain and simple thing about it is uh it's a mess it's a big mess right now yeah i think
2: i think ian hit the nail on the head for sure that it's not it's not black and white it is gray and really this problem isn't fixable um and as nate mentioned we said on the podcast it may take 50 60 80 maybe 100 years before the, you know, people stop hating America for maybe some of the, let's say, things that we've done over there possibly, whether it started in nineteen fifty three or whatever, you know, it may take a long time for generations to get over that. My my contingency is 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 we've been doing the same thing for twenty years. Maybe we should try a diff- something else. You know, maybe yeah. we should try another approach just yeah, to see if it, we can responds- reduce oh, I was just going to say, just to see if we can reduce, you know, some of the, some of the casualties and the hatred and, and things like that. I don't think, I don't think anybody in the military has ill intent. It's not like, you know, Oh, we hate Brown people. So let's go shoot them. You know, not, I don't think
1: anybody, we're not those kind of libertarians, right? I don't think anybody, you
2: know, in the military doesn't go into it with a, you know, with an obvious, uh, patriotic stance and, and, a uh, good intentions, uh, I just think sometimes you have to look and be like, okay, twenty years of this, we haven't made any progress. What right. are we, what are we going to do?
0: And in response to that, I'm the first one to point out that we've just spent so much money yeah. and and some American lives also over the course of literally a half century, basically at this point, like on and off. Not from World War II on, yeah, yeah, and uh, he, and he's in, he's non declared right and, certain and. There, there's a lot of problems and issues with that. But a lot of people kind of conveniently overlook also that as a whole, the world hasn't seen this much relative peace in a very long time. That's very true. Like lives were lost like crazy in World War I and World War II. And then eventually the Soviet Union fell and the U.S. came to power as the single superpower. I don't wanna be involved in all these other countries, but at the same time, large scale, catastrophe has been avoided over the past number of decades. Now we'll see in the future how historians look back on that. But I think it's very likely that, you know, centuries in the future, this time it was looked back to on as, Hey, the U S was very far from perfect. They caused a lot of problems, but a lot of what they were doing did stop this large scale infringement of human rights, large scale, um, killing and and human suffering from happening of course there's that's still out there but it's not at the level that it was
1: you know one thing i think would be good for uh military members to take as a win and it seems like maybe it's not but is the iraqi parliament voting to expel the troops i realized that was not that was non-binding it was not legal but um I took that as a win when I saw that they voted for that because there's the government that we helped create. We let the people elect their uh, parliamentary representation and they voted that they didn't need us there anymore. Uh, And to me, I took that as as a potential win for the objective, which was to give voting rights to the people in Iraq. And uh, to me, if I were Trump, I would I would tout that as a win. To me, that's a win for the for the for the goal that you helped a country to the point that their people are now voting to have your military leave and not be there to help them anymore. I, I just I think that could be played as a as a positive thing.
3: Yeah, I can agree with that because it just goes to show that, you know, regardless of how long it's taken, the mistakes we've made hopefully you know we've helped them get to that point where they feel confident enough in their own ability to self-govern and defend themselves
1: yeah i love it now now back to the back to the second amendment thing why why do you guys why do you guys see the second amendment as being as being so so important so important that you would you would put yourselves out there in that that evil hateful white supremacist rally that was going on there <laughs> in virginia today
3: <laughs> uh, i I kind of see it as a linchpin for all the other rights. You know, you, you can say what you want. You know, you got freedom of speech. You got, you know, the freedom to peaceably, you know, assemble like we did today. But the second you lose the ability to defend yourself, both from others that would do you harm and from a tyrannical government, you put yourself at risk of having those rights taken away by force. And for me, that's just something I'm absolutely not willing to accept or, you know, to, to take mine down. I'm always going to
0: stand for that regardless of
3: the consequences.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. We have, you know, as libertarians, as constitutionalists, people who care about liberty, we have a ton of issues that we have opinions on and that we care about. Like the the list is never ending, right? But this is the one that matters more than any others. And I that's what I'd like to say to, you know, any of your listeners is that if you don't have the right to even protect yourself, to stand up when a government starts taking your rights, you can't defend them. So that comes before every, everything else. So, if anyone has their priorities set up differently, I would encourage you to you know relook at that. I think the Second Amendment, the right to arm yourself, is first and foremost. I, and I, I would
2: agree with that. Would you guys say? I, I don't know if you can give me a personal opinion. Um, could you guys say that that you know defending the Second Amendment would align with you know the military or anybody in public office? you know, taking the oath to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic.
3: Yeah, I mean, we take that oath, you know, under the Constitution to, to do just that, to protect the American people, and to protect this country, you know, like you said, foreign and domestic. So how those threats present themselves, we can't control. We can only control how we respond to them. And, uh, you know, when those threats start infringing on people's rights, You know, military members and public service members need to take a look and make sure that they are holding true to that oath because that—that is what you swear to do. You don't swear to, you know, follow blindly. Yes, you are going to follow orders, but you know, you need to keep that oath in mind
2: at all times. And then, what would your? Give me a, you know, like, let's say. And sorry, mom, for saying this, but (laughs) let's say shit were to hit the fan. Do you think that? You know, military members, police officers, whatever. What's you know what, what kind of side do you think they would take? How many people do you think would follow, you know, orders to confiscate guns, and how many people you think you know would stand up and be like, "Hey, I took an oath against that." What, what would you yeah. say the outcome of that would be fifty-fifty, maybe?
0: It's very hard to put a percentage on it. I know that you would obviously have people on both sides. You would have people who recognize that they made an oath and they need to take that seriously. You would have also people who believe the narrative of, Hey, uh, this is a democratic process. Enough people voted for this person. We need to uphold the democratic pro- process and take, you know, these rights away cause that was how the votes laid. So I, to be honest, like there's no way of really telling, um, how many would land on one side or the other. I think a lot of it depends on uh, leadership to be honest. I agree with that. And I think it also comes down to the individual circumstance on
3: each of those people's lives, because say you've got a family and you're a police officer, for example, and you get told, hey, start rounding up the guns in the area. Well, if you're going to be doing that in your own neighborhood, you're going to have a really big opinion on whether it's safe for you to hold to your oath, because what if these people now come after your family, come after your property, come after you in your home? So it's not, again, it's one of those gray matters. It's not completely black and white. You're like,
2: yeah, we're um, not going know. to Johnny's house. He's got a bunker full of AKs. Exactly. <laughs> and we're leaving Johnny alone on this one, uh, chief of police, yeah, sir. Yeah, so
3: I think we're like that. Um, but I think there's a damn lot of good guys out there and good women out there that would uh, keep to
0: the oath. We're, we're really lucky that our military, and probably the same, maybe to a slightly lesser degree, the police, these guys are... And, and gals are by and large statistically liberty lovers, right? Yeah. A lot of um, libertarians, a lot of conservatives in the military uh, who traditionally, uh, more so than the regular popul- populace, value the Second Amendment and and other rights like that. So it's it's tough to say, but I think that I think that's one of the biggest things. Also, it's two things that keep uh, our rights. Number one, the, the second amendment, obviously we can defend ourselves. But number two is the fact that we still have a military and a police force that have, uh, liberty lovers intertwined throughout. So if a quote unquote civil war were to erupt, it would not just be cut clean. Um, you know, the government has overwhelming force and it's over. Uh, because I, I think it's a lot more complicated than that when you have the liberty lovers throughout the right.
3: race. Well, you can see that, you know, in person today at the rally, there were sheriffs, you know, in uniform there from different counties around Virginia. And I know you guys posted it, I think on your, uh, on your Instagram, we talked about it recently, but all these sanctuary counties, sanctuary cities for the two A here in Virginia. And I mean, there was an overwhelming amount of them there in uniform from other counties showing that they are there to stand with the people and uphold their, their oath to the people. Um, so I think that was uh, very powerful as well.
2: Yeah, that's really cool and powerful. So, Well, guys, awesome discussion. I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for, uh, for joining and uh, really you know, appreciate your, your background and your story. And, and again, thank you for your service and, and serving in the military and what you've done. And uh, you guys want to give a, a quick plug to your business or anything? Anybody looking for digital marketing out there?
0: Yeah, sure. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So Connor and I uh, run a business called Rank First Marketing. It's rankfirstmarketing.co. And our entire focus is on search engine optimization, so we get local businesses to the top of their Google searches. There we go. And we're pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So if anyone needs help, uh, they can call me at eight zero four five one zero six two four seven. How do you like that plug?
1: That was a good <laughs> plug. You said that's ranked first. Is that first as in the number one st or or the word spelled out? It's spelled out. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I just wanted to know personally, so I can hit you guys up and fix our SEO on our website. <laughs> there it we sucks. go. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. <laughs> well, guys, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, you guys can can uh, you guys can go go back and party at the rally if you want to, or uh, yeah. get back to whatever whatever it is that you were doing. Um, we're going to put this podcast up here within the within the next couple hours. So, once again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. appreciate that all right guys have a good good one one. all right once again thanks guys so much we appreciate those guys calling in and giving us that half hour there it's good to hear from some people that were actually on the ground that were actually in the crowd today that got to got to feel it got to see it with their own eyes and uh you know i want to tell you guys about this amazing opportunity this is this is trust me you'll want to do this okay if you go to our website gmlconnect.com, dot com the very the very first button says support the show now you're supporting the show but you're also supporting your ideology what we will do is if you sign up for a monthly donation we will designate that money directly to a facebook advertisement about whatever it is that you care about as long as it's pro liberty as long as it's pro liberty whether it be taxation or the second amendment or the fourth amendment or or whatever it is that you want to maybe support maybe the third
2: you don't want a quarter if soldiers you don't want a
1: quarter soldiers we'll write a nice third amendment article and run ads yeah. on it that's okay so what we will do is when you sign up to do that donation that monthly donation we will email back and forth you tell me what you care about we'll go over what article it is or what video it is or or whatever that we want to run ads on and your money is going to go directly to that so it's, it's time to stop complaining about this, just blowing hot air all day, and actually put your money where your mouth is. You can reach thousands of people on Facebook with just a few dollars a month. And actually, with each one of these donations, you get a merch item with it, too. So if you're doing three, I mean, we'll give you a Taxation the Stuff button. If you're doing five, we'll give you a hat. If you're doing 10, we'll give you a shirt. If you're doing 20, we'll give you two merch items of your choice from the merch store. So you get, I mean, you get value immediately anyway, plus you get to run advertisements on whatever it is that you care about. The reason that you're listening to this show right now, you can put a few dollars a month towards it if you just go to gmlconnect.com, the very first Button says support the show. Hit that button, or you can go to GoodMorningLiberty.us/support if you would like to. Follow us on TikTok, or tell your your little cousin to follow us on TikTok. Or whoever it is, you know what, it's on there at Good Morning Liberty on Instagram at Good Morning Liberty on Twitter at GoodAMLiberty. Find us on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty Podcast, and go to our website GoodMorningLiberty.us if you want to read some great articles on politics and economics.
2: You know, there's I don't think there's a better thing you can do. Besides, support this show? Not, not one this single is, better thing. This is the best Liberty show out there. Yeah. Unequivocal.
1: Yeah. If uh. you're supporting a small child in Africa, cancel that donation right now and put it towards <laughs> GMLConnect.com. Because we need to fund Liberty. <laughs> all right.
2: So, once again, that's GMLConnect.com. Another way you guys can support the show is share it with a friend. uh You know, again, the two guys we interviewed, Connor and Ian, great guys. They're longtime listeners of the show. So, we love interacting with you guys. We have several people messaging uh, us, lots of conversations going on. So uh, don't be afraid. Hit us up. And who knows? Maybe you'll, maybe you'll be on the show one day. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, Depends on how high your donation is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's I'm a kidding. good donation. That's, that's a that's good idea. That's actually a good tier. Yeah. Huh, yeah. I should add that in there
2: put that on there you know one of your <laughs> monthly donations maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll get on the show yeah everybody wants to be on a podcast these days you can
1: tell your friends that you're on a podcast send them the episode it's gonna sound perfect and wonderful just like this does right now yeah. and you can be like hey look hey look high school top athlete what's your podcast yeah a hole i'm on a podcast okay what do you do? liberty yeah i'm fighting for my rights <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway, you guys do all of that. Share the show with a communist uncle, friend of yours, and uh, share it with some friends, share it with some en- enemies. Uh, the numbers continue to skyrocket, which is just absolutely amazing uh, and really cool and humbling uh, that you guys would give us the time of day to listen to us blabber <laughs> on and on about things that matter, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so, they do matter. So we do really appreciate your guys. Uh, we, we, we appreciate all of y'all's support and um, leave us a rating and review. Facebook, iTunes, uh, the reviews coming in have been great, so we really appreciate that, guys. If you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good, safe, good morning, Liberty.